Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, we have Damian Lupo. Damian, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good. So good to be here. Good. Before we get into the interview, here's a little bit about Damian. Damian is a college dropout turned professional investor with decades of practical experience that started with the purchase of his first rental using a card advance on his credit card. That soon turned into 150 rental houses in less than five years. In 2008, he lost the whole $20 million business only to bounce back and recreate his wealth in less than four years. Since then, he has owned over 45 companies, founded his own martial arts Yokido, and has written 10 books, including the Qualified Retirement Plan, which we're going to talk about today. So looking forward to our interview with Damien. Could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? I'm already exhausted hearing about the resume. I don't know how much more I can add there. I'm taking a nap. I mean, I think I think that really kind of sums up the big highlights. It's I've gone out there and done a lot, and and really what I've done is I've gone out and made more mistakes than most people. When when you hear something like somebody's has started a lot of companies, I've done I'm I'm into almost fifty. That just means I've done wrong a lot. I'm really good at making mistakes and not taking it personally, and that's that's really what's significant about me for people listening is that I know how to go make mistakes and, and go through the process of not dying or think I'm going to die. And I think that that's the big key takeaway is that when you go out there and you you're willing to make the mistakes by learning, by doing, you actually get stronger. You don't get deader. And a lot of people think the mistakes are going to kill you. So when you hear that they won't kill you, but they'll actually make you rich, the wealth is from the learning of doing, then everything changes. Ah, that's awesome. And I can certainly learn from that for sure. So I'd like to get into that in a bit. So today we're going to talk about QRPs and uh, that stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. So can you tell our listeners more about what a QRP is? Yeah, most people understand QRPs when they've heard of that. They go, I don't know what that is until I say that's basically a 401k. And they say, oh, okay, 401ks, 457s, if you're working in the government. Basically, these are all the retirement plans. And they're, they're under a part of the tax code that was set up in the 70s that was really a transfer of responsibility from companies that used to do pensions to the individual that was now responsible for their own retirement. The problem is it was really set up more to benefit the companies than it was the people. And so now people are sitting there thinking, great, what am I supposed to do? I'm just sort of hoping. And so basically they smoke a bunch of hopium for 40 years, invest in a 401k, and, and then they wake up at 60 and go, oh crap, there's, you know, there's $300,000 in here. It's because Wall Street basically ripped you off for 30 or 40 years. And it's because you really didn't have any control and what we've done is, is said there's a, a different way to do this, and that's by taking control of your retirement money using the same tax shelter, which is what the code is set up to be. It's a tax shelter, and controlling that money and growing it without Wall Street taking their chunk and leaving you with scraps. And so that's what this is all about. Okay. And so is there a difference between QRP and an IRA or a 401k then? 
Yeah, so the QRP, the, the term QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. That's just like all the retirement plans. The reason the book is called the QRP book, and it's, it's, about, the, it's about getting checkbook control of your money because the QRP is just a broad term. And when we talk about IRAs, self-directed IRAs, and EQRPs, we're talking about a way to control the retirement account. So there's definitely a difference between these types of accounts and specifically the IRA is really kind of another Wall Street tool. It doesn't really give you control, even with a self-directed IRA, and it's very limited, and there's some really dangerous taxes if you ever use it for real estate. So what we really want to think about is something totally different that you've probably never heard of, and that's an EQRP. That's an Enhanced Qualified Retirement Plan, and it's very different because you ultimately have checkbook control, and it scares most people because they go, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm actually supposed to write a check? Nobody's going to give me permission? That's so weird. And I say, yeah, it's weird because you're taught to be a slave. You're taught, you're taught to have shackles on your own self. And this takes those shackles off because we're giving you the key. Okay. And can you talk maybe a little bit more about the enhanced qualified retirement plan then and just um, maybe why you're allowed to have checkbook control on that versus, you know, an IRA or, or self-directed IRA when you can't? So as self-directed IRAs, we'll talk about how those are set up. Those are set up to where you have to have a custodian and that custodian cannot be you. It has to be some other party that's that's got some of the and it's it's these different companies like Equity Trust or Quest or things we've probably bumped into and they are multi billion dollar companies that get a piece of your assets every year. Sounds like Wall Street to me. It's the same thing because there's somebody getting in between you and your money. The difference between an EQRP is when you when you set this when we set this up and, and you have that you're the trustee. So think of the trustee and the custodian kind of similar. They're both responsible for assets. When you're the trustee, you're in charge of your assets. You've got checkbook control. There's nobody else giving you permission because you're actually in control. And there's, all, there's nobody taking fees away from your account so that they get rich and you get dead poor. Got it. Okay. And so what type of individual would be able to take advantage of a QRP or an EQRP? Anybody that's basically not reckless. I mean, that's really who, who this is for. So people think, well, I'm, I'm an employee. We have a lot of doctors that are W-2 employees and they have these plans. And basically it's for anybody that has any type of business. And so if you've got a business, and so think about what that means. People go, well, I don't have a company of employees. Okay, have you ever had a lemonade stand? That's a business. If you've had an online uh, information marketing business, if you've, if you've done consulting, if you've sold stuff on eBay, like there are so many ways that you can qualify. The qualifier is a business. The EQRP is set up and the tax code says it's for business owners. So whether you have a sole proprietorship and it's just you and you're, you're putting deals together or you're property managing, I mean, all these things are businesses. So really anybody that has any type of business is, is eligible. And you can have another 401k at work if you're a W-2 employee at the same time. There's no limit on how many you can have. It's really just a question of, are you going to do something that is going to give you opportunities to create income? And if that's the case, then you're qualified. Okay. And is a solo one, solo 401k kind of tied to that as well? Similar rules. Uh, solo 401ks are generic trusts and they, they provide a lot of the same benefit. They just don't have the same liability protections and they can't deal with employees. So let's say that you are, um, you're starting out and you're doing something and you're by yourself. Solo 401k could totally work. The problem is the moment you get an employee because you're growing, you're screwed. You've got to totally change something. And People, the companies that are setting up solo 401ks are not set up in general. In fact, I've never run into another company that can convert. They can just modify your plan. That's one of the, the benefits of an EQRP. It's dynamic enough to adapt with you no matter what's going on. Employees, no employees, multiple 
multiple companies, controlled groups, like whatever is going on, this adapts. You don't end up running into a time bomb because you happen to have grown. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the UBIT tax and how you can avoid paying this tax? So first off, a UBIT tax is a ticking time bomb that we're seeing a lot of syndicators running into. And basically what happens is UBIT is a, it's called unrelated business income tax or unrelated business taxable income. And this is income that is, that pops up from a couple of different things. Either one, an active business, like you invest in a, a sandwich shop that's active, or two, syndicators like people listening, if you've got an IRA and you invested in a syndication, it's getting triggered if your, your investment has debt involved. So a lot of apartment buildings right now, people put a deal together and they raise a bunch of money and people put their, their IRA money in. They go, yay, I'm making 17%. The problem is those deals generally have about 70% debt, which means that 70% of your profits when that thing cashes out are going to be tripped by this, this tax you're going to lose about 35% of your profits that are proportional to the debt. Meaning if you have a hundred thousand dollars in profit and 70% of that, of that deal was leveraged, $70,000 in profits are going to be subject to that tax. Ultimately what this means is you're going to lose about 25 to 30% of your profits overall. If you think about it, if you want to simplify it, that's because the IRAs are subject to this tax. The EQRP, the solo 401ks, those are not, they're exempt. 401 trusts, which is what these kind of investment, these retirement plans are, are exempt. So if you've got an IRA that's invested and you're thinking, like, I'm screwed, the cool thing is it's called an in-kind rollover. You can move those assets from an IRA into a qualified plan, and now you're exempt. So if you happen to have already invested, you can fix it. If you're about to invest, don't do it. Convert over before you do it. Otherwise, you're going to get hit really hard. Okay, and so why... Are you allowed to, um, or why do you not get taxed with a, a QRP, but you do with an IRA? It, the way the code works, there's there's literally, um, there's an exemption inside the 401 section, and it's it literally says 401 trusts are exempt. And it's it's hard to know completely why. I can tell you that there's there's about $7 trillion inside of IRAs, and there's about $4 trillion inside of 401ks. So my guess is that there's there's more money inside the IRAs that are doing more real estate type of deals. And the IRS has looked at that and said, that's a great revenue source for us. And not as many people are doing real estate deals with their 401ks. So I think it's a revenue function, but the reality is it's a black and white rule. So it doesn't matter what I think. It just matters what the rule is. And that's mm -hmm. what the rule says. Got it. So are there any advantages in investing with a self-directed IRA versus an EQRP? It doesn't sound like it, but maybe there are. It, you know, the really the only reason that you would do that, I've, I've got a client that uh, came in a couple of years ago and, and said, okay, I, um, I've got about $11 million in my IRA. And I said, okay, because I was asking what he wanted to do. And he said, real estate. And I said, all right, so you don't really care if you're investing in a project that has debt. He just wanted to loan his money out. And so he didn't, he didn't need to invest in anything with debt. For most of, most of our clients, mm -hmm. for most people, they want debt because it enhances their return. And so if you don't have any debt and you wanted to just invest in notes, maybe it would be better. But the problem is most custodians charge you per transaction. So if you have $11 million and you're investing in notes, you might have 100 notes you might be charged $20 per check that you receive, 100 times 20, $2,000 a month in fees. I mean, the fees start eating you alive. So I can't really think of a reason you'd want an IRA unless you're required to. And, I, and there are two occasions where you're required. One is when you inherit a retirement account, you inherit any time, 
type, it's converted to a self-directed IRA. That's one reason. The other one is if you happen to have a Roth IRA, it can never be anything other than a Roth IRA. So if you're stuck in it, that's one reason. But to actually do it on purpose, you'd have to be crazy or just not know any better. Okay. And are there certain types of investments you can or cannot make with an EQRP? Yeah, that's exactly the, the, the way that the IRS works. They tell you what you can't do. They don't, they don't tell you what you can do. They say, here are the things you can't do. You can't invest with your, your spouse, your parents, your kids, basically anybody that's lineal up and down. But you can invest with brothers, cousins, friends, neighbors, whatever. You can't invest in collectibles, no collectible cars, rugs, wines, um, property that you're going to use. People go, well, I want to buy an investment house that I'm going to spend my summers in. I said, that's not an investment house. <laughs> that's, that's your summer home. And you, so you can't do something like that. So it's basically the, the idea, if you think big picture, is the IRS and the government wants you to invest in things that, you're, that are truly going to be passive, that are going to set you up for a, a prosperous future. And so if you're spending your money or like if you bought collectible wine, they're thinking, yeah, you're going to drink your retirement. So we don't want you to invest in, in wine. Go, go invest in a property that's going to have tenants. Got it. It doesn't sound like a bad thing investing in, in wine and, you know. <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean, it's tasty, but, you know, it yeah. doesn't really help you when you're 60. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so what are some frequently made mistakes you'd like new investors to know? Uh, frequently, gosh, the frequent mistakes, I think, are, are one, people they take bad advice. And so what I, I see people doing, the mistakes are they, they freeze up and they don't do anything. And they think, oh, I shouldn't do this because Google told me something or my neighbor told me something or my CPA. So the bad information is the biggest mistake people make. They're listening to, to people with their opinions. Like when you ask me, why does the IRS do this? Well, I have my ideas, but who cares about my ideas? Let's look at the facts. And so when, I think people make mistakes by not looking at the facts. They're, look, they're listening to people's uninformed opinions. And, and the other one that people do is when I said, who's this for? You asked me that. It's for people that are responsible, not reckless. And the mistakes people make are, are when they say, okay, I'm going to use this and I'm going to play hide the weenie with the IRS. That's a bad game to play because you're going to lose. And the IRS comes down hard. So if you're willing to be responsible and willing to be part of a team, and that's what we do is we become part of our client's team where we're there to support them then this is an incredibly powerful tool. I mean, you can literally take money out of the equation. Like you can have your kids involved, make money, pay no taxes, pay your kids. They don't pay any taxes. And then they can invest in a Roth account. So basically you take money, you make money, there's no taxes. This is totally a black and white situation to, by using this code, by using the shelter. And you don't have to cheat. People that cheat are idiots because there's the code is set up for you to win. It's mm -hmm. set up to, to incentivize you to go do things that the government knows it's bad at. Just like Tom Wheelwright talks about all the time. The code is basically a whole bunch of pages of reasons and incentives to do things, and then a few pages of actual taxes. So that's what this is all about. It's about doing things the government knows you should do and wants you to do, and it gives you a lot of incentive to do it, like no, no taxes. That's a pretty big incentive. Yep. What are some of the best places people can go to find out more about this and to educate themselves the right way? So the, when, when our... I wrote the QRP book. I did that to consolidate. There's a lot of information. I mean, as you guys know, Google gives you all the information and 40,000 versions of the information and everybody's opinion about those versions of the information. So the worst thing you can do is read blogs because there's a lot of bad information. I read it all mm -hmm. the time. The QRP book was set up to where it's readable. People, You can blow through it really easily. And it's set up based on, it's written, I wrote it with code in mind. So you're not wondering if this is my opinion. This is a fact. And it's cited. And it's actually easy to read. It's not like you're trying to read a law journal. 
So the QRP book is really the, the essence of what this is. And if you want to get the summary of it, because kind of everybody's in a four-hour work week mode after Tim Ferriss came along, if you want the summary of it, the cliff notes, you can get those by texting the word QRP to 72,000. And that will allow you to get the summary of it, the highlights. And then if you want to dig into the book, I'll send you a copy of the book too. So that's the best way because it boils down the truth and it doesn't give you a bunch of fluff. It just gives you, gives it to your raw and direct. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. So switching gears a little bit, you have a video about figuring out your financial freedom runway, as you call it. Can you talk about the formula you use to help get this number? Yeah, and I'll tell you what this is not. A lot of times people think that they need a, a 2 or $3 million pile of cash, and that's going to be freedom. And the, the problem is you once you have that cash, you usually don't know how you got there. You think, oh, I saved up for the last 30 years. And the problem is you don't have another 30 years to do the same thing, and there's not a formula to do it. So, and, and people have come to me and said, I have 2 or $3 million. What do I do? I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. So what I've said is, well, there's a different formula. It's called the freedom runway. And Chris Ashby and I talk about this in our book, Reinvented Life. The freedom formula is about how much runway you have. So if you've got, let's say you've got expenses of $4,000 a month and you've got $3,000 a month in passive income, you have a $1,000 deficit. So if you've got, say, $6,000 in cash, you've got six months of runway. Meaning at the end of six months, you're going to chew up your cash and your passive income is not going to be enough. So it's basically the formula to tell you how long you have to live. And once, what's really fascinating is it doesn't take that much for most people to figure out their expenses, figure out the passive income, get to that point. It's not about $2 million in the bank. It's about the, the gray matter between your ears creating wealth. Like in the intro, my first investment was a credit card. It was infinite returns because I borrowed money from Visa and I borrowed money from a seller and I created a couple hundred dollars a month of passive income. You do that 20 times and you've got $4,000 a month. That's the same as most people spend by doing something 20 times. Anybody can do that over a few years. It's not complex. It's just asking yourself and being honest, what am I actually spending? And then how do I create residual income? Because no matter how much cash you actually have, you'll always be afraid you're going to run out of it before you run out of years. And that's the most dangerous thing. So passive income from assets changes all of that because assets are going to stick and stay and pay forever. Yeah, awesome. Well said. So Lolita's going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Damien, what is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? The, uh, Infusionsoft. And people call this Confusionsoft. <laughs> and it's, it's because it's brutal. I stared at this piece of software, this $10,000 piece of software for three years and said, this is stupid. I'm stupid for buying this. And then once I actually invested the time and got help, it's the most powerful automation system that is out there. And it, it literally has given me multiple employees in software that do work for me that I would have had to pay people and had that stress. So automation software is in particular Infusionsoft, which is now known as Keep, um, has changed everything. Awesome. Now, I know there might be many, but choose one good one. But can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah. Biggest mistake was going into an investment with other people's money and my money that was outside of my, my core competence and it was outside of my geographic zone. So I bought an, an apartment rehab in Memphis, Tennessee. And there's a lot of excitement about Memphis right now. A lot of people making money out there. I can tell you it was the biggest loser for me because I wasn't there. I'd, I'd show up once a month. I had people that I thought were pros, but because I didn't have the execution intelligence, meaning I hadn't done it before, because that was the case, I went and paid people a lot of money, millions of dollars. 
and they were enjoying the heck out of it because it was kind of like you know kids in the candy store. There was just Damien paying a hundred thousand dollars here, hundred thousand dollars there, and so the lessons and the takeaway were: don't go do something you have no core competency when you don't have a team that has a core competency. I knew how to spend my money, and I was also remote, so a lot of people are doing turnkey investments, which can be awesome if you've got the right team. It's all about the team, mm -hmm. and you need to know that they have a track record and that they're not just learning on your dime. That's what I was doing. I totally blew it because no expertise and I was not right next to my investment. Yeah. And that's really great advice for our listeners. Uh, what is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Uh, the, the biggest thing for me is, is bringing more people on because software is awesome. And then there's, there's a team and part of it is just the energy of the team. I think that if you look at any, any unicorn, any billion dollar company or any successful business, it's never one person ever. There's just, there's no case of that. And ultimately a lot more is accomplished. And the reality is even when I built a $20 million portfolio, I was by myself. I mean, I had people come and go and it, it really wasn't worth just building up money without other people. And so I think that's the next level. It's continuing to expand the reach and the culture of having other people that are part of the success. And it's not just me with a bunch of zeros in my bank account. Awesome. Lastly, where can people find out more about you? Uh, best place to find me is is literally getting a tool that would help you, and that's that's the texting the word QRP to seventy two thousand. You'll literally interact with me by going through that, and and then if you want to go dig deep into me, find me on LinkedIn personally. But I would love to give people some tools to do something that will actually break those shackles of financial bondage that most of us don't even realize are on us. Great. And thank you for sharing that with all our listeners. So very inspiring to hear about your successes to date, especially after overcoming such an extreme downfall where, like you mentioned, many others would have just given up altogether. So great stuff. Damien, such a pleasure having you speak on our show. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. Damien. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.